as you guys are working to become better adults, to become better entrepreneurs, to become better coaches, to be better humans, to be better partners, to be better parents. My hope is that you recognize the need to improve your own emotional intelligence so that you can, number one, become a possibility model for somebody else. You want somebody to be able to look at you and watch you go through what you're going through because they're going to go through stuff too. And you're going to go through more stuff later. And you want to be a possibility model of how to navigate it, right? I don't have to have a breakdown. It doesn't have to, you know, cause me to be on temporary antidepressants. It doesn't cause me to like lose my whole footing on my diet and I binge eat on crap for two months. And then I got to try and recover after that. Like the journey, even though it's going to be tough, can look healthier. Just because someone can live with a disease doesn't mean they should. The overwhelming majority of prescriptions written today are written to treat lifestyle disease. Lifestyle disease is defined as conditions which can be attributed to the way in which a person lives. This includes things like physical activity, drinking, smoking, stress, the quality of our social connections, sleep, purposeful and professional alignment, and of course, our diet. But what if there was an alternative? What if before putting pen to pad, we had a comprehensive solution in lieu of pills and procedures? You are listening to the Plant Protocol Podcast for current and aspiring health professionals who are done with simply managing chronic lifestyle challenges and are interested in taking a whole food plant-based approach to combating them. I'm your host, Lisa A. Smith. It's time to come get this health. Before we go any further, please note the information in this episode is not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. All content contained in this episode is for informational and educational purposes only. Enjoy. Welcome back. Welcome back. Six ways to improve your emotional intelligence. Let's talk about some mindset stuff today. So as you guys know, I'm currently writing my book all about, well, I think it's all about health coaching. Who knows? A couple months from now, it might pivot into a whole personal development book. (laughs) But right now, the book that I'm currently writing is about health coaching and how to do it at a high level and how to get into the industry and the marketplace and the steps you should be taking to have a successful health coaching business. And there's a section in the book that I wrote a couple months ago, and it's about decision-making. And I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, but the importance of being a decision-maker, first and foremost, so many people suffer with indecisiveness. And so... In this particular section of the book, I talked about the importance of being a decision maker when you are running your own business. Like one very, very important characteristic of leadership and of being a CEO is being able to make decisions. But once you graduate to becoming a decision maker, the next level that you must ascend to is becoming a good decision maker. So there's one group of individuals who just avoid making decisions. Like it's very scary. It feels very final. They don't want to be on hook for the consequences. And so there's one group of us who avoid making decisions. 
But then there's another group of us who have, you know, gotten to the habit of making decisions. But what we need to refine is our ability to make good decisions and our ability to become a good decision maker. And so when I was writing that particular section in the book, talking about becoming a good decision maker, one of the tips that I give for doing that is to make sure you have a high EQ, make sure you have high emotional intelligence. So that's what this particular episode is about. Six ways to improve your EQ. If this is you, someone who's either indecisive or has a history of making not so great decisions, I can almost guarantee you your EQ likely needs to be improved upon. Okay, your emotional intelligence, the higher it is, the better decision maker you are, point blank. Because unfortunately, most people make decisions from an emotional state of being. And so we are emotional decision makers. If we're making decisions, we're an emotional decision maker. But as a CEO, especially, but just actually as a healthy adult, you want to get into the habit of making good decisions. So not just making decisions, but making good decisions. And so it's going to be really important that you improve your EQ to do that. And all EQ means is that you have mastered how to feel feelings. If you have not mastered how to feel feelings, your EQ is likely low and you need to improve upon that so that you can become a better decision maker not just for the sake of your business, but for the quality of your life, right? Because things are going to happen to us all the time. The reason I think this is such an important subject, especially to my current coaches who are listening, our aspiring coaches, those of you who will be entering into the plant protocol, right? One of the things that I've noticed is that because the plant protocol is a year-long container and our coaches are with us for a year, suffice it to say that life is going to life in that year. Some things are going to happen. It's unavoidable, right? And sometimes when those things happen, if we don't have a high EQ, what happens is it throws us off and we get off the track because we get off track and life has started happening and we don't know how to deal with what we're feeling while still doing what we were supposed to be doing, handling our responsibilities, right? And I'm not saying, you know, people don't get to take time off for personal self-care and healing. That is not what I'm saying. But what I have also been witness to with our clients is that things will happen and it literally gets them off track for months. And to the point where, you know, people may like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. I need to quit. I need to pause indefinitely. I need to like, I don't know how to handle this and that, right? And so your EQ, your emotional intelligence, your ability to feel feelings, your mastery over your emotions is required, not just so that you can be an effective CEO and leader, which is one of the top character traits of an exceptional leader is high emotional intelligence, but also so that you can have a high quality of life. Because if you are, you know, wanting to press pause on the plant protocol or my program, I know you're trying to do the same in other areas of your life. And again, there is a season for that, 100%. There is a season for that. But there also has to become a point where you improve your emotional intelligence so that your whole life does not get flipped upside down because you have not mastered how to feel your feelings. 
So mastery of filling feelings is one of the most underrated character traits in our culture. So many people are out here making emotional decisions without any control over their response to things, okay? So I'm gonna tell you the six things that I personally do. These are not like theoretical concepts. I'm gonna tell you what I personally do and what I've done to master the art of feeling feelings, to increase my emotional intelligence so that when life happens, I respond as a healthy adult. This is so important. But then also I can continue to run my business as life happens. All right, so the very first thing that I do to maintain a high EQ is prayer. For me, it's my faith. Now, let me explain this though. Now, for me, having faith and constantly, you know, praying and talking to God, that's all that is about for me is releasing control, i.e. surrender, right? It's surrender and it's releasing control and moving into a state of intentional gratitude. Like if something happens that I'm dissatisfied with, that wasn't my ideal outcome, that, you know, I would have preferred to avoid, then the first thing that I need to do is be able to look at it from a perspective of not being a victim, but as someone who is benefiting from this thing that's happening, even though it doesn't feel good, right? So the very first thing for me is surrender, is releasing control, it is gratitude, it is leaning into my faith and understanding that this is not happening to me, but this is happening for me. It's an intentional practice of moving out of a state of victimhood, an intentional practice of moving out of a state of victimhood. It is so important that we have the discernment to recognize that even when things don't go our way, the way we envisioned in our mind that does not make us a victim, that we should not just lay down and surrender, but that this is an opportunity to number one, call in and tap into gratitude. But then number two, this is an invitation to a higher state of consciousness where I'm able to say, all right, Lise, what are the pros of this condition? Like this ain't what, how you wanted things to turn out, but what are the pros of this circumstance? Well, if I look at it this way, actually down the road, this will actually be better because of X, Y, and Z, right? What are the pros of this circumstance and how can I move into a state of optimal and radical gratitude? But most importantly, how can I continue to stop leaning on my own understanding? So for me, first things first, it's going to be prayer. It's going to be faith. Number two, the second thing I do to increase my emotional intelligence is for me, it's a practice in mindfulness. The specific mindfulness practice that I use on a daily basis is meditation. Now, let me tell you why. The reason I love meditation is because it helps to improve your PMA, your present moment awareness. Now, why is this important when it comes to feeling feelings? It's because with present moment awareness and the meditative practices that force you to focus on your breath, do body scans, like, you know, listen to some type of meditative music that's going to raise your vibrational frequency. Being able to have present moment awareness helps you to feel the feeling in the moment and be aware of the thoughts and the beliefs that you're attaching to the feeling. 
right? Most of us are not aware of what we're attaching to the feeling. We're feeling the feeling and then we're attaching stories to the feeling, right? You're feeling anger. You're feeling sadness. You're feeling lonely. You're feeling unworthy. You're feeling unfulfilled. Whatever the feeling is, it's one thing to feel it, which is a normal human experience. But many of us go further and attach a story to the feeling. Attaching a story to the feeling can be dangerous when it's a, a story that was born out of your mind with no data or no facts to support it. So what present moment awareness helps me to do through daily meditative practice is be highly aware of the thoughts that I'm thinking in real time and helps me to master my mindset and control the stories I'm telling myself about life. It helps me to control the narrative that is typically made up when I'm in a high emotional state. And so in real time, I can feel the feeling without attaching this big story to it. Because what happens when we attach these unvalidated narratives to our feelings is we then go on to act, i.e. make decisions based on the narratives we made up. <laughs> we make decisions based on the narrative we made up. There's no validation for any of it, okay? And so in real time, present moment awareness has helped me to become hyper aware of the thoughts that I'm thinking while I'm thinking them. You guys ever had those moments where you're like, in hindsight, or if I knew then what I know now, right? Well, present moment awareness and meditation helps you to know in the moment what you need to know. So you don't have to be like, in hindsight, I would have done this. In hindsight, I would have said this, right? In hindsight, I would have made a different decision. Well, if you have a mindfulness practice that gives you present moment awareness, you can make good decisions in real time or you can delay making the decision until you're out of a high emotional state, right? And so meditation and present moment awareness really helps to improve your EQ. It really does, okay? That's number two. Hey coach, pardon the interruption, but I'm popping in to tell you about our next plant-based business masterclass, which is super exciting for two reasons. The first, I'm partnering with the Black Veg Society to bring you a three-part masterclass training series for the remainder of 2023. And the first one is happening on Wednesday, October 11th at 6.30 p.m. EST. I am going to teach you the one thing you must have before starting a health coaching business. The second reason this is really exciting is because I'm introducing a brand new segment to these masterclasses. I've literally never done this before. Now, I'm introducing a segment called DNR. In the medical world, DNR stands for do not resuscitate. However, in my masterclasses, DNR stands for do not record. During this special segment, I am going to focus on personal development. In other words, who do you need to become in order to be a successful health coach? So while I want to make sure you have all of the strategy to run a successful health coaching business, I also want to make sure you have the identity necessary to run a successful health coaching business. And that's what this DNR segment is all about. And if it hasn't been evident this will not be recorded. So in order to get the personal development segment of the masterclass, you have to be in the room live. Yes, you have to be in the virtual room live to get the personal development segment of this masterclass. So listen, 
I need you to click the link in the show notes. Get registered for this complimentary plant-based business masterclass in partnership with the Black Veg Society going down on Wednesday, October 11th. I'll see you there. Now back to the show. The third thing that I do to improve my EQ and maintain control of my emotions is exercise. Now, listen, I can't overstate the power of exercise, the power of moving, the power of blood circulation. For me, if like life is lifing, I need to be outside personally exercising with the fresh air, you know, with the sunlight. It really helps me to feel like allowing the earth to intentionally empower me, allowing the earth to electrify me. I like to be around big bodies of water. I like to be around mountains. I like to be, you know, around grass and trees. Like that is really, really important for your overall mindfulness, mindset, and mental health, okay? And so it helps the actual earth, like putting your body in contact with the earth and with nature, raises the vibrational frequency of you. So all of us are nothing but energy, right? And these things that have this energetic nature, right? Electro, you know, magnetic nature, they have levels, they have frequencies, right? And so we can be at a low vibrational frequency or we can be at a high vibrational frequency in the earth being in contact with the earth and nature actually helps to raise your vibrational frequency, right? So you can come out of kind of that fog, that low mood, so you can rise above that, even if it's only for temporarily, so you can think a little clearer. So we're talking clarity here. That clarity is gonna be super important. And so getting that electromagnetic charge from the earth is gonna be really powerful for raising your vibrational frequency so that you can think above the emotion, so that you can get clarity above the emotion, right? And so emotional intelligence is all about, again, being able to feel feelings in real time without making rash decisions that you may regret later or making a decision out of desperation or just you know making a decision out of a version of you that is not the healthiest it can be in the moment. And so connecting with the earth in that way really helps to raise your vibrational frequency because again, we're nothing but a ball of energy. So it's gonna be super important. So that's number three. The fourth way that I have improved my EQ and practice high emotional intelligence is through my diet. So yeah, everybody knows I'm a whole food plant-based vegan, right? Let me tell you, like if life is lifing and you know I'm in a state where I need to feel feelings and I need to just you know be still and feel feelings, What you put in your body directly correlates to your ability to feel those feelings in a healthy manner. Like, for example, when I'm in a heightened emotional state for however many days or whatever the length of time is, I don't drink alcohol, for example. Okay, alcohol is a depressant. So alcohol is going to bring your mood down. It's going to create brain fog. It's going to kind of fog up the narrative and the story you're telling yourself about your circumstance. And so I avoid alcohol during those times. Definitely processed junk food, right? Sugar, because part of the reason that alcohol is a depressant is because of the sugar alcohols. So you want to, if you, those of you who are eating sugar, you guys know I don't eat any refined sugar, but many of you are still eating sugar. And so that's going to impact your ability to properly process your own emotions. Okay. So sugar is a depressant. Alcohol is a depressant. Like the food that It's supposed to be alive and energize us like our fresh plants, our berries, our fruits, our vegetables, like our whole grains. Those are the things that are going to 
keep you in complete control of your mind. The things that are going to keep your gut healthy because in our gut is where the majority of that specific neurotransmitter serotonin is produced, right? And we know serotonin is linked to our mood and depression. And so we want our gut to be healthy so that we're producing healthy amounts of serotonin so that our mood is properly in balance, right? And so your diet is going to be really important with regard to your ability to feel feelings in a healthy way. So it's not, you're not going to avoid sadness. You're not going to avoid, you know, mild depression. You're not going to avoid anxiety completely sometimes. Sometimes life happens and it causes that emotional response. However, the point is to number one, keep it mild. Number two, keep it temporary. And number three, stay in control, right? Meaning that you don't make a rash decision during that emotional state, okay? So your diet plays a huge role in your ability to properly feel feelings and process them. So that's number four, okay? The fifth way that I practice emotional intelligence is through allowance. So what that means is intentionally making a decision to allow myself to feel the feeling and avoiding specifically what we call escapism. So what a lot of people may have developed a practice or a habit of doing when they are in a heightened emotional state is trying to seek out some type of avenue to escape, right? It might be playing video games. It might be watching TV. It might be engaging in unhealthy behavior like gossip or, you know, low vibrational behaviors that make you feel good about feeling bad. That's called escapism. So I avoid escapism at all costs and I allow my body to feel what it needs to feel. The key here is that I'm not making decisions. So I don't want to avoid the emotion of sadness. Like you're not going to say positive affirmation. You're not going to affirm your way out of this emotional state. Like you're supposed to be feeling it. You're supposed to be going through it. Like we don't have to try and employ some fluffy strategy to avoid feeling feelings. Like, no, I ain't about to say no positive um, affirmation. I'm about to be sad. I'm about to be sad today, okay? And that's okay. Like, that's safe. Like, we're supposed to feel the whole spectrum of emotions. If you're feeling a little anxiety, like, we don't want it to be catatonic, right? We don't want it to take over our entire lives. We don't want to have to be on medication for these things. But it encompasses, like being human encompasses the whole spectrum of emotions. And so instead of using escapism, some people smoke, some people drink, you know, some people, right, get all, you might be coming out of a relationship and then you get promiscuous. Like, let me get what they say, get up under somebody else just to get over somebody. Like, no, we're not doing that nonsense. That's just escapism, right? What we want to do is be a healthy enough adult and individual to feel the feeling and know what it's like to feel the feeling. Know what it's like when you're feeling lonely. Know what it's like when you feel like an imposter. Know what it's like when you're feeling like a failure. Those feelings are natural. It's just how can I healthily move through them without making decisions, without attaching a made up narrative to it that causes me to make decisions that aren't necessarily aligned with who I really am. Okay, so that is allowance. Like you might need to take a day. You might need to alter your schedule. You might need to be flexible. You might need to cancel a meeting. You might need to say no to something because you're not going to show up as your best self. You might need to delay a conversation because you know you're not going to show up in that conversation with a clear mind. That is called allowance. That means that I'm going to allow myself 
to feel all of what I'm going through and give myself the time and the capacity that's required to fill it without engaging in behaviors or without trying to go, you know, business as usual. If I know I'm not healthy enough to do that, that's allowance, but we want to avoid escapism. Like if you want to scream, go somewhere and scream. You want to hit something, go somewhere and hit something, not someone, but something. Okay. Like however that emotion needs to come out, it needs to happen. So that's called allowance. So I allow, right? If I'm in the season where I need to feel something, I allow whatever it needs to look like to happen. Okay. And then the final one, the sixth way that I've improved my EQ and practice high emotional intelligence is social support. This one is very simple. It boils down to this. There's more room on the outside than there is on the inside. What that means is when it is time, share, share. Like it might be embarrassing. You might not be seen in the highest light, but what are you feeling and who can you share it with that is a safe space? You know, you don't want to overshare. You don't want to share it to the wrong people. Like I'm not going to be in my coaching sessions in the plant protocol, sharing my whole life with my students, right? No, but social support means you actually tap into the individuals and the support systems around you where you are meant to unload, right? See, here's what I, I suspect. I'm not calling none of y'all liars, okay? I know everybody that's listening here, y'all some wholesome, honest people, okay? But I'm going to tell you what I suspect about the majority of everybody else who ain't listening is that when they say stuff like I don't have support and nobody supports me, what they really mean is there is a specific individual that I would love unconditional support from that I'm not receiving it from. But the truth of the matter is I actually do have support. It's just not the support I want. So it doesn't come in the package I want it to come in. Therefore, I make a blanket umbrella statement by saying nobody supports me and I have no support system. I don't believe that's true for the majority of people, okay? I'm not sure. There's some people out here who are getting it out the mud and they everything is on their own and on them. I guess, right? I guess, sure, absolutely. However, there is a vast majority of you guys who are claiming you don't have support, but you really do. It's just not in the form that you want it to be in. And so there are friendships, there are therapeutic settings. There are communities that you are a part of where you actually can show up and be more vulnerable. Yeah, you can move up to the front of the class, right? Like they have that support group in your place of faith that you are unwilling to raise your hand when it's time. Like I'm in a mastermind, I'm in two masterminds right now, actually, right? I was just thinking about this this morning because we were on a um, accountability call for my mastermind. And in the mastermind, the host on the accountability call, he's always like, if you guys need help, if you guys need support, you need to raise your hand. You need to say something like, how do we know what you need if you're not speaking up for yourself? And everybody in that community in my mastermind, right? We all have support there, you know, right there. We have leaders inside the mastermind. We have experts inside the mastermind. And then we also have our colleagues in the mastermind with us. And we have support, but sometimes if we want support from a partner, or we want support from a friend, or we want support from a parent, if we don't get it from there, we say, I don't have anybody who supports me. And it's like, yo, have you really exhausted all of your social support, all of your social circles, all of the communities you're in? And I know specifically in communities of color and specifically when it comes to black women, cause that's the 99.9% .9 of my clients are black women. 
I know one of the things that we have to work on is being willing to surrender and be transparent and raise our hand. We have actually all the support, I will argue more than enough of the support we need. What really needs to happen is we need to start utilizing it because what we say is that I don't want to be a burden. I don't want to dump my stuff on somebody else. But you are in these communities, you are in these social circles, you have that therapy, you have whatever, exactly for that reason. And our relationships are meant to be mutually beneficial. There's a give and there's a take. And when you are in a heightened emotional state in your life, that is an invitation to take. That is an invitation to take, right? Don't be one of those people who like, I give, I give, I give. I help, I help, I help. I serve, I serve, I serve. But when it's your turn, you don't take, you don't get served, you don't get the help that someone is willingly offering you, right? And so that social support is gonna be really important. So like I was on a walk this morning with a friend and we were chatting and I'm sharing, like I'm sharing and she's like, oh man, that must be tough. Like, how you feeling? Like you good, right? And I remember like another friend, I shared with her, somebody I felt safe with, like, hey, this is, you know, such and such, and I'm feeling a certain way. And she's like, boom, what you need? You good? And then the next day she come again, like, what's up? You good? Like checking in, like, no, but are you good? Good. Like, yeah, at least you always say you, what we need to talk about, what we need to do. Like, that's what you need. But there was a time where I wouldn't have shared. I would have just been like, put your head down, push through, you'll get through this. You don't need to be you know, worrying nobody else. But there at sometimes, guys, you need to worry other people. Like sometimes you need to share. Of course, you absolutely want to have boundaries. Of course, you absolutely want to stay within the realm of, you know, protecting your privacy and sharing only where it's 100% safe. But also, you also need to get uncomfortable sometimes, right? And so I think we try so hard to keep other people comfortable by not sharing what's making us uncomfortable in the moment that we stifle our own support system. And then what happens after a while? What happens after a while of not tapping into this support system that you've built? After a while, people see you as what? Strong. <laughs> people see you as superwoman. People see you as somebody who has it all together. But you have to realize you've trained them to see you that way. You have literally trained your social circle to believe that you gonna be good regardless, that you never need to just be a damsel in distress, that you're super strong. You guys know that sometimes your strength, your, your best strengths can be your top weaknesses, right? And when I'm talking to my clients, I tell them your survival habits have become bad habits. Your survival habits have become bad habits. That means that there was a time in your life where it wasn't safe to share. There was a time in your life where you really didn't have the support that you needed because the people you needed support from didn't have emotional intelligence themselves. So there was a time when you had to get through it on your own or that it was just safer to keep it to yourself or whatever the case may be. But you don't have to do that anymore, but you don't know how not to do that anymore. And so your survival habits have become your bad habits. And now here you are, a whole adult, with no emotional intelligence, don't know how to feel feelings, or most importantly, don't know how to let them out and share. And so you keep them in and try and deal with it in your own way, a way that used to work, but that doesn't work anymore. 
And so the effectiveness of that strategy has worn off. And while sure, you're going to get over it, this too shall pass and you'll survive it. But ideally, the whole experience could have been healthier had you surrendered, right? And opened up. So those are my six ways <laughs> for improving your EQ so that number one, you can become a decision maker, but most importantly, you become a better decision maker. And I hope this helps you guys because as you guys are working to become better adults, to become better entrepreneurs, to become better coaches, to be better humans, to be better partners, to be better parents. My hope is that you recognize the need to improve your own emotional intelligence so that you can, number one, become a possibility model for somebody else. You want somebody to be able to look at you and watch you go through what you're going through because they're going to go through stuff too. And you're going to go through more stuff later. And you want to be a possibility model of how to navigate it. We don't just want the happy ending. Like the happy ending is you survived to see another day. It passed. You know, you got business again. You found love again. You restored your health, whatever it is, right? That's the happy ending. But there can also be a happy journey. Like even in the midst of feeling the sadness, even in the midst of feeling the anger, even in the midst of feeling the loneliness, you can be hyper aware. You can have a heightened state of consciousness that I'm going through this, I'm feeling this. And at the same time, I'm able to, you know, maintain some semblance of healthy behavior, right? I don't have to have a breakdown. It doesn't have to, you know, cause me to be on you know, temporary antidepressants. It doesn't cause me to like lose my whole footing on my diet and I binge eat on crap for two months. And then I got to try and recover after that. Like the journey, even though it's going to be tough, can look healthier and the ending can be even better, right? And so that's what emotional intelligence does for you guys. And so I hope you guys take one or all of these six things that I listed and really use it to your benefit because it will truly change your life like it has changed mine. You tuned in today because like me, you're a disruptor. You're passionate about health and you have firsthand experience of taking a whole food plant-based approach to combating chronic health challenges. You want to see lifestyle and dietary modifications become the norm in the way in which we practice healthcare. However, you need mastery around nutrition and lifestyle science, a better understanding of behavior change to improve client compliance, and confidence in your ability to effectively coach clients to adopting those lifestyle modifications. You need the plant protocol. Visit theplantprotocol.com to apply and let's work together to improve the way in which we care for our most prized possession, our health. Thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed what you heard, please consider rating and reviewing this podcast. Until next time, remember, radical obedience is still undefeated. Stay obedient.